with Paul Flaherty, a weekly show that focuses on mental health and well-being. Sundays on Lockray Community Radio, brought to you by Dignity Funeral Care, funeral directors caring for your peace of mind. Hello, you're very welcome along to today's episode of Mind the Head here on Lockray Community Radio with me, Paul Flaherty. This show is very kindly brought to you by Dignity Funeral Care, dignityfuneralcare.ie for more information. And Mind the Head is your weekly mental health and wellbeing show where I meet a variety of guests, some that are experts in their field and sometimes by guests that have overcome adversity and achieved personal challenges. And today's guest was previously on the show back in January and told me all about her story and how she got into coaching and also gave us some relationship advice. Since then, her coaching business has taken off. She's had a summer of adventures and is now embarking on adding another skill set to her addition, that is that of nutrition. It's great to welcome back to the show, Jessica Kelly. Hello, Jessica. Hello. See you again. Just turn your mic up there. Yeah, uh, welcome to the show. Jessica, how's the head? It's actually pretty good. I can't complain uh, for a Thursday uh, evening. It's feeling pretty good. Good. And of course, we had you back on the show back in January. Mm. So, I mean, it's now September, so we've had a, a long summer. You're going to tell us some about your summer adventures in a bit. But just to give us a little recap as to who you are and what you're about, um, you came back, you came on the show in January terms about your mm. getting into coaching, professional life coaching. Yeah, so... Yeah, like, as you said, my name is Jessica Kelly. Um, so I'm from Mayo, uh, based in Galway at the moment. So I'm a chemist for a medical device company here in Galway. And um, I recently went into uh, life coaching, which like which I spoke about in the last show, which was uh, basically talking about the events that led me to it. And um, it, I suppose what got me into coaching is through a series of injuries that I had yeah, through my early or late teens and early 20s and um, I went through a pretty bad injury or a couple of injuries that kind of I found hard to get over and um, you know I was in rehab a lot and uh, what got me over uh, or got me through the recovery and got me back on my feet was basically through not just the physical rehabilitation but also you know the mental side of things mm-hmm. um, so I got coached on like helping me get over the pain and uh, like changing my internal dialogue around Mm. basically my injury. You know, I kind of felt from consultants and doctors, a lot of them told me that, you know, I could never get better and that, you know, um, they were telling me of all the things I can't do. And Mm. then I met a coach who started helping me change my language and helped me realize, you know, what I can do. And you know, all those little things helped me get back on my feet and I don't and think... And it's really yeah. one of those moments where if you hadn't met that coach, who knows what kind of path that you would be on by now, yeah. you know? It's really kind of one of those sliding door kind of moments, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. I was living in fear a lot and holding back on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I suppose it was just, it, it didn't just change that part. Like, it helped me recover and get back on my feet and I started doing things that I never thought I'd do again. Mm. And then it got me thinking about, you know, uh, our, all of our internal dialogues and how we think and how we, you know, look at things and our perspective on things. And I realized that, you know, it's not just about, it wasn't just about uh, my knee, but also in other parts of my life, I started looking at the, my, how I approach and look at things mm. and how I, my, my internal thoughts around things and how shifting those can just change your perspective on life. Mm. And that kind of inspired me to get into learning more um, I took a course on as uh, to become a life coach, mm-hmm. but I took it for my own personal development. And then I suppose the pandemic hit and then, you know, people were going through a lot of challenges mm-hmm. and I thought, why not use my skill set? Yeah. In terms of 
personal development, do you think that we as humans do enough personal development on ourselves? I think at the moment we're not, we're distracted a lot, mm. you know. Do uh, you mean kind of by you know screens and that kind of thing? Yeah, we yeah. we live such busy lives at mm. the moment. Um, you know, with Instagram, our phones and technology and the business and the pressures in careers at the moment, there's a lot of pressure to succeed. Mm. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people are rushing from one meeting to the next. And, you know, um, I suppose as well, just the pressures of other things that are going on in life, relationships, like they've become more complicated, um, especially the way of dating at the moment when it comes to, you know, it's not just long, it's no longer just about going out. People are using apps and technology mm. to connect. And um, there's huge pressure there, isn't there? A lot of because pre- yeah, it's based purely kind of on you know image, yeah, isn't it really? I mean, let's face it, like it is, mm. you know, yeah. And there's huge, huge pressure there. And it's all about connection. Like I, I follow a doctor called Doctor Chatterjee. Uh, he's a doctor based in London, and I find I can really connect with a lot of his podcasts. He's always speaking to other doctors. He's twenty plus years of uh, clinical experience. But one of the things he kind of, he said in one of his podcasts that I really resonated with was he said that each day he thinks that we all should spend five minutes um, on our mind, five minutes on our body and five minutes uh, doing something for our heart. So he's all about five minutes that, you know, we overcomplicate health and improving our mm. lifestyle. But the thing about what it got to me was I, I was kind of questioning what he meant by heart. Mm. And he basically was talking about connecting with people, how loneliness is a really really real mm-hmm. thing at the moment because a lot of us are connecting through technology mm-hmm. but that's not the same as like this us two talking together that yeah. the connection isn't the same yeah. and you'll find that a lot of people are feeling lonely at the moment mm-hmm. and how it's actually dangerous it's like apparently loneliness is just as dangerous as smoking every day mm-hmm. and that he really believes in every day trying to connect with maybe it's your partner or someone mm. a face-to-face or spending five minutes without your phone or technology and I feel like that's what's happening with even in dating um, mm. a lot of people especially after the pandemic have got are able to hide behind their phones or they feel a lot of anxiety to go out and meet someone or just go on a date there's a lot of fear mm-hmm. and you know that's why it's overcomplicated now because people feel like oh uh, sure, look, I'll just keep swiping. Hopefully the next person will be better because mm. they're afraid to put the effort in. They don't want to compromise. And do you yeah. think maybe it's a spontaneity also gone as well? Whereas, for example, you could say, oh, let's go for a coffee in an hour's time. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, no, actually, we better do it now next Thursday at five o'clock, which is like maybe seven days away. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and the thing about it is, I suppose it's easier to make excuses now because yeah. I suppose on those apps, you can put a distance on it. Yeah. So... You know, God knows what kind of kilometer or some people like to put, you know, a huge range up and yeah. they gives them they think it gives them better choice, but also gives the opportunity for people to back out a bit more and make yeah. excuses. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of kind of like hurt going on there. But if you're going to put, for example, 50 kilometers yeah. on your search and then if you do get someone 50 kilometers away looking to meet you, why then are you going to back out of that meeting then? Do you know, like it's crazy. But people don't even have the awareness of why they're doing things and they don't have time to tune into their own feelings at the moment because you know we're living in a really distracted world Mm. like it's so easy to 
you know, if you're feeling like sad or lonely or any mm. emotion, it's easy to distract yourself and go look at TikTok mm. or... Oh, don't. Don't go there. Don't go there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know it's too late for me. I, I think me too. it's like, it's been a bit of a battle with that. <laughs> You look at it for a break for a minute or two and then you next you know it's 20 minutes yeah but you know but what i do like about tiktok is that i feel as though it is more if i can say this genuine than perhaps other social media platforms and i can see what you mean by that yeah. and i suppose it's all about the algorithms mm, you know as well than what yeah, you know yeah. your tiktok would probably be different to my tiktok oh, a lot different believe yeah. me <laughs> which is kind of interesting because you know, you can tell a lot about yourself by looking at your TikTok yeah, as well. Yeah. You know, if people are like, you know, um, how could you learn about yourself? You could like, yeah. but then again, I think sometimes I could be having a conversation about something completely random with someone and next thing my TikTok is bringing that up mm. as well. So I suppose mm. it's it's also telling you about the conversations you're having, the people you're, you're hanging around mm. with. So it's an interesting one, TikTok, mm. if you want mm. to figure out what someone's like, look at their TikTok. I know what I hadn't planned on asking this, yeah. but if somebody is in a kind of... Um, I'm going to say dating rut mm. where they feel as though they're not making any progress whatsoever. Would you kind of have any advice for them if they are kind of on different apps and online stuff? And, you know, is there anything that could, you could help them with to get them kind of uh, maybe rush. to find somebody or meet somebody or something like that, you know? Yeah, I know. That's a good question, actually. Yeah. Um, and I suppose it would depend on the individual and the things that are going on. Um, you know, if people sometimes, if they're trying to... Can, sorry, yeah, sorry to go, go ahead. Across, yeah, yeah sorry. keep going on. Can you be making too much of an effort, if you know what I mean? Yeah. Are you kind of as well off maybe to kind of take a more chilled approach? Because if you're searching and searching and searching, the chances are you probably won't find what you're looking for. Yeah. Maybe take more of a kind of a, a relaxed approach to it and then maybe. Yeah, no, because I suppose sometimes, I, and I've seen this before, where people are like especially maybe at a certain stage in their life where they expected to have met someone, mm. they feel the pressure, maybe of family and friends or then again comparing themselves on social media. Mm. And you can get in a rush because you might be going out, you might be you know, going out trying to meet people mm -hmm. just regularly, like by going out, ha having a drink with someone and hoping mm -hmm. to bump into someone. Or you could be using all these various platforms mm -hmm. to meet someone. But what can happen is sometimes as you're spreading yourself, you know, to 10 mm -hmm. months, all these ways of trying to find someone that maybe you're like losing a sense of yourself. Mm. If you're putting all your time into finding someone, it can also come across, you, I suppose to the other person, they can probably sense it too. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you, would you find it attractive or is it an attractive trait if someone's trying too hard, like, you mm. know, and what happens is when you're trying too hard, you might be missing things as well. Yeah. You might be failing to see things that, in your eyes, they could be on a pedestal. Yeah. But if you start to kind of really analyze it a bit, then they may not be as perfect as you are making them out to be. Yeah. So I think it's about getting that balance of making sure you're doing the things for yourself that mm. light you up, that make you you as well, to show that you know that there's more to you because there are people who just go down that rut where they're constantly feeling that they have to work on that or mm. they're, you know they see and someone that they're attracted to or they might be out and they, they're constantly looking away rather mm. than being present maybe with their friends. So I think it's important to make sure that while you're on the search that you, you make sure that you're doing the things that make you happy too mm. because I think what the pressure comes from is everyone's like, sure, how could you be single? There's mm. so many mm. there's so many ways you can meet someone mm -hmm. but that's a problem too because, because everyone has so much choice. Mm. 
they're kind of taking everything for granted and then you know that they're not seeing what's in front of them sometimes you know they're constantly thinking you know they might see something again that they're not too happy with them like maybe i could do better as well mm. so there's this constant search that people are on and they don't know when to stop and if you are searching online a lot maybe try something different maybe yeah you know go out maybe join a group or a club or something like that where you meet people in real life as opposed to virtually yeah yeah i think that's a very good one and i think you know you know see what your interests are maybe it's some in it's cycling yeah or fitness or dancing is another thing um if you go out to that that could you know you'll find a common interest with someone by going doing something you enjoy because sometimes you could end up doing things that people say you know that you should do which aren't for you really yeah so are you finding the right person then yeah um but yeah, I think definitely going out because I think we've forgotten that we can do that right now. Mm, mm. That's another thing, which is it's time consuming. But I suppose another thing is you kind of have to put in the effort that some people sit around and hope that someone will come. It's not going to happen. They're not going to knock on your door no. and say, here I am. Yeah. Come get me now. So there is a balance to be yeah. uh, struck. And I think people are kind of and think that there's something wrong with them when it's not that. Like, because you know, I think there's just certain people that are suited to suited to each other like yeah. you know it's not everyone's for each other so it's not as easy yeah that's great advice thank you so we got a bit sidetracked from what we hadn't planned nope. going into that but anyway that was good to talk about that but um back to you so when we were talking in january um we didn't know at the time that you were planning on taking a career break yeah so i mean maybe can i ask you first of all why did you feel as though you needed to take a career break yeah so you know it when i was in leaving cert as well um you know, I I applied for one course, which was general science in Galway, and I got the course, thankfully, and I deferred it for a year so I could work because I wanted, I liked to be independent and mm. I liked to be able to say I had my own money. And I found that year quite boring and hard. I worked through it all. And um, I, I remember people coming in and out and some of my friends were going off traveling and doing, going on adventures. And I said, right, you know, I'll work hard now, make money, do my course and eventually I'll go on an adventure someday myself. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I finished my degree and I was fortunate enough to walk out pretty much two weeks after with a, a job in my field, which was great. But at the same time, I was kind of always itching for having that adventure or that space mm-hmm. to kind of go do things that I wanted to do. Um, so I waited for the opportunity for a career break to come. So you have to, you have to work a certain amount of time to be able to apply for one of them. Mm-hmm. So I suppose I was never as brave as enough as some of my friends, like some of them, I know some friends just left their jobs and went off to Australia or Vancouver mm. or whatever. And I always felt like I've, like through my 20s, I was missing out, but I could never. F- but do you feel yeah. as though that you were, you know, you say missing out, but do you think that if you really wanted to do it, you would have done it? Yes, um, I think there was there was an element of that, but I've, I've I suppose I've that kind of personality that I'm always go by the book yeah, or I always yeah. do what I'm supposed to do, yeah, yeah. which, you know, for a coach, nothing like, wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like I was still enjoying my life. Like, yeah. I mean, I traveled a lot as well. Yeah. So I think when I first got my job and you know, when you're earning, like, mm. obviously I was earning better money than what I was in the supermarket. Yeah. You know, I was meeting people and I suppose I was trying to, you know, build my career because I kind of wanted to, you know, the, a lot of opportunities were coming my way yeah. and I've heard of people take career breaks. Yeah. I said, okay, well, that sounds like, you know, a reasonable way to do it, you know, get my experience. And there was a couple of courses that I was doing as well. So I was develop on, developing on that. 
but then the pandemic hit too so mm. that kind of stalled me like because i was nearly thinking about it there as well mm. the next thing the pandemic hit and i was mm-hmm. like great those two years were gone mm. and um i suppose it was just right after that the pandemic that i realized no i have to just go and i went in and applied the minute i was able to so there was a lot of things going on through those years but it just seemed i suppose after the pandemic it opened up my eyes to say that you can't really wait for these things as well yeah you just don't know what's around the corner yeah, yeah. so i took the opportunity to apply which was great because with the career break, I don't know if you know you, it means you can go and come back without having to do an interview or, Brilliant. you know, you've got yeah. job security, which which for me was good because you just don't want to walk away after all those years. Of course, of course. Yeah. 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 So it was nice to have that security. So yeah, I, I was off for si- seven months in total and I've just returned there back in August. Okay. So I had an amazing time and like, you know, I learned so much about myself in those yeah. months. Such as? <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> good question. So I suppose, I, you know, like I said, I always felt like I was missing out. Yeah. And, you know, I went over to see some friends in Canada and, um, you know, on Instagram, they would always be putting up stuff mm, as well. And yeah. I thought, God, they're so lucky and they're having a great time. I went over and they all are, like mm. they all are living the, the best. They're in Vancouver. But for me, for the, I was only a couple of weeks there. Mm. But I felt like when I was going home, I was happy to go home. Yeah. Um, I suppose I've, it depends on your values. And for me, I'm very close to my family. Mm. And I was in the US for a while. I was up north uh, of Ireland a bit, like just in Belfast. Mm-hmm. And I went to Croatia as well. But during all that time, I realized, God, I was always happy to go home. And I realized yeah. that I actually have everything I need yeah. at home. And that, you know, sitting on the beach, uh, cocktails and yeah going from city to city is all very nice but you know there's nothing like you know the small things in life like you know i always look forward to my coffee in the morning uh my my dips in the sea which like love them walks on the beach and you know for them my friends they they love the city but i said to them like you know i actually can't see myself in this big city all the time i think i love being able to escape to the beach for my walks and Um, I felt like a peace kind of coming back, like realizing that step away that I already have it all. I've, yeah. I realized so that. So even yeah. though you felt as though you were missing out, when you actually went to experience that, you realized that you actually weren't missing out on anything at all. No. Um, even though it was nice to experience that for that short time, but then you're happy to come back to your own. I life. feel like I get up now in the morning and I kind of have more gratitude for the things I have in mm-hmm. my life. And I realized that I'm lucky to be getting up to go to a job because. I suppose another thing I learned as well is that the more time you have, you use it less efficiently. I found it, I found I wasn't as productive as well. Okay. You know, I, I had all these things in my head that I would do more. Yeah. But you lose track of time a lot. Um, or well, you have no routine, is it? Kind of, yeah. yeah. And I had to start putting a routine and structure mm. in places to get stuff done while I was going from, I suppose I could be, you know, from week to week, I could be in a different place. So mm. it, like what was happening is I always found okay, I'm in a different place. And I always, I didn't really like that feeling of like no structure mm. or routine. Mm. It was nice from time to time. Mm. But for me, and I, maybe everyone's different for me, I, I just like knowing that I'm working on like all these little goals I have. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's it, I always heard that saying that, you know, if you want something done, give it to a busy person, a busy man or a busy woman. And even since I've come back to my routine and working a full day, yeah. I find... I'm way more productive mm. than I was, which was an interesting thing for me to learn that, yeah. 
or I'm thinking, oh, if I only had enough time, I realize actually, no, the more, the busier, busier you are, the yeah. more things you actually do. Um, so that was another thing I learned about myself that mm. I need to be kind of busy in order to, you know, make decisions. Okay, well, I finished work at this time. So that means I need to go. Yeah. Whereas before when I was off and, you know, I had no routine or structure exactly. I'd be like, oh, I might do that in the afternoon and then something come up and say, oh, sure, the evening, it'll, it'll get yeah, done in the evening yeah, and it yeah. wouldn't. And then, of course, it's always tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. So that was uh, an interesting thing. So no, anymore, I, ha- I don't have that excuse if I had enough time because yeah. I did have enough time. There was a lot of things that I didn't do. Yeah. Um, again, to come to you, anyone thinking about taking a career break? Now, in terms of like the economy and stuff, you know, that's a different thing yep. altogether. But like... You know, would you have any advice if anyone's kind of anyways kind of in doubt about whether they should do it or not? I mean, I mean, would you say trust your instincts and if you feel it's right for you, do it or what would be your advice? So for me, it's always kind of been a plan I had in place. I think it's good to try and plan if you can. Yeah. Like um, I was itching for this career break for a long time. And even actually, I, I think I wanted to go a good few years back. But then that's when I had my injury and I couldn't go anywhere at the time. Um, so I, I believe that if you can plan it a little bit, like I was always putting money aside to make sure that I had enough money to do it. And, um, you know, I don't think just go do it tomorrow. I think it's important to try and plan a little bit. Um, and you don't like a career break could be three, six, nine months or to a year, different companies do different things. But I do think if it's something you want to do, I think it's worth planning and putting something in place, even if you can't do, you know, six months three months maybe mm-hmm. or six weeks is a lot even in those amounts even in six weeks I learned a lot I think it's good if you can if your company allows it or you should look at ways of finding mm-hmm. ways of doing it um, for me it definitely just gave me a whole new perspective on things because I think you need to walk away from what you have mm-hmm. to realise what you have do you, if you understand what I do yeah. so when you came back then after your career break you kind of you felt good about going back to work and yeah like because yeah. I always thought, oh, these all, you know, again, on Instagram, social media, and I know, like, it's you, not to be influenced by it all the time, but yeah. you can get sucked into it you a can, little bit because yeah. people are always showing the good moments. Mm. But often then when you, I see people who travel a lot and you actually go talk to them, they'll tell you, well, I'm actually, I was actually quite lonely, mm. you know, or, you know, if a family member is sick, like, mm. you know, you can't, well, depending on how far away you are. Um, I know I have friends and, like, they were in situations where maybe a family member wasn't well and they were mm. always on edge wondering will I have to go home mm. and having the money to go mm. and come home mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I suppose it depends on what's valuable to you like you know like I know for me like my family is very important to me very close to them that you know I didn't really like being away for them so for me to keep me happy I need to be around my friends and my family mm. and I think Galway is like the perfect kind of place for me as well because it's not too big of a city but then mm. I have you know, the seaside. Mm-hmm. And that's the perfect balance for me. But everyone's different though. You yeah. you do learn things about yourself, what you about what you have and what you need to change. Yeah. That's basically. I know you talk about loneliness there yeah. and people that often go travelling find themselves being lonely. I mean, I know you were visiting friends and stuff, yeah. but like, was there any period during that time when you found yourself lonely as well? Um, no, I, I didn't really feel lonely, um, but I did feel that if... I, I tried being there and I thought to myself, could I see myself here for yeah. three to six months? And I kind of did feel like, yeah, I, I probably could have become lonely. Yeah. I think it could have been a possibility because 
um, like my partner's here in Ireland, mm-hmm. my family's here in Ireland. And there was things going on at home as well that even in those two weeks that I was kind of checking in and making sure everything was okay. Yeah. And that made me realize that, you know, yeah, being away, you never know how anyone is doing because yeah. you're on a different time zone as well. Yeah. Um, and that kind of made me realize, sure, why would I want to be here, yeah. you know, when people that are important to me are yeah. in Ireland? And I think, yeah, it depends on what your goals are. And I do think actually some of my friends said that they can find it lonely time to time yeah but they th- does that crop up much in your coaching work loneliness mm, yeah I, I mean at the moment i feel like what's coming up a lot is people feel that they can't th- th- there's a lot of difficulties about you know since the pandemic happened they're trying to find themselves again if you get me yeah they're they're they can't understand that they're not doing things as much as they wanted and I think it's the fact that we were stuck for so long, mm. not able to do anything right, and we had a reason. Mm-hmm. But now restrictions have lifted, mm-hmm. and we can do things. But people are saying, "I actually have the energy," or "I'm not." It's doing almost anything. like our kind of our hard drive has kind of you know completely we, been um, what's the word hijacked, hijacked? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I find a lot of people are feeling a lot like as there's a bit of anxiety that um, because restrictions have been lifted, mm. there's this pressure to keep going and doing things. But then in reality, who has the energy to be, you know, if you're working a full week and you come to the weekend, you know, self-care, rest, Mm, mm. all these things are important, but people feel like they need to get all these things done now. And they, but then they're questioning sometimes they don't feel like doing it, but then they're they're feeling guilty that they don't want to as well. And I mean, is this going to continue for a while or what, what do you kind of envisage happening? I think... I think people need to talk about it a little bit more. Mm. Um, like, you know, um, I think a lot of people walking around think it's just them. Mm. And um, yeah, these type of conversations need to happen a little bit more because because we spent two years, which is like a long time. It is. It not, is. Not doing the things that you love mm. and finding that energy. And I think, you know, there's there was a study shown that, or research shown that a lot of people's mental health as a result of COVID mm. Uh, have been have been affected like mm-hmm. so there is something to be watch out there and a lot of fatigue and tiredness as well but I do think like by talking to it uh, talking about it um, reaching out to people like who are like mental health supports like I think that's something that people need to find the courage to do because um, I think mental health there is still a bit of uh, like a taboo there like mm-hmm. some people don't feel confident enough to talk about it but it's real and like if you're not doing enough of the things that light you up and it's cheesy as that sounds yeah. <laughs> you're okay i'm all <laughs> cheese you're fine <laughs> it's, it's cheesy to say but if you're like people are exhausted i think because they're doing too much of the things that they don't like doing that drain them okay because of because feeling of responsibility and what they should do yeah rather than actually doing more of the things that actually give them energy yeah because like when you do something you enjoy, it gives you energy. Mm. Like, um, so I think that's a reminding people and doing those little things every day yeah. can actually have um, a good impact on how you view things and how you feel. I don't know if you're familiar with Marie Kondo. No. She is this kind of Japanese expert that helps people declutter. And she had this kind of book called, I think it was called either Sparking Joy or Finding Joy, where it was you'd pick up, for example, an item that you have this laptop for example and if it doesn't bring you joy then you just remove it from your life completely Mm. so 
you know, if you're doing stuff that you don't enjoy, you know, would you say maybe it's time to maybe think about doing something else? And I mean, in terms of like careers, relationships, you know, anything like. Yeah, like I think like if we just take career, for example, mm. um, if you're in a job right now, if you're sitting at your desk and, you know, you're you're unhappy, mm. well, there's so many things that can contribute to that actually yeah. as well. Like, if, like, but in general, I think you have to ask yourself if you're in a relationship or if you're in um, a career, you have to ask yourself, can you see yourself for the next 10, 20 30 years doing this mm. and you kind of see what answer pops up for you there like you know what is it costing you to mm. stay in this relationship and it might be not just be financial cost mm. but also health mm-hmm. and happiness so I think that's a good always question to start with you know you know what is it costing me to stay in this relationship or this job and write those things down but the thing about change is it's a funny thing because our brains don't like change no no our brains and that's why we have habits and our brains yeah. have these develop these habits because they want efficiency they want us to spend less time thinking and our brain likes when we're in our comfort zone because yeah. it's supposed to protect us from danger so and it feels secure and it's, it's, it's familiar and it's what we know yeah, yeah it's, it's familiar what you do on a daily basis if you're working in, in this job for a couple of years it knows the time you're getting up at yeah. or what you're going to face generally through the day but if you're thinking about change and there's uncertainty there, your brain is going to come up with all these thoughts to yeah. make you say, stay. Yeah. And so that's why it's really important to talk about it with someone or even write it down. And I think a good thing to do is as well is ask yourself or write it down and say, what exactly is the worst case scenario if I make this change? Yeah. And once you write it down, it loses the power or the energy over you. Like it doesn't feel as bad. Yeah. And then... After that, you have to ask yourself as well, um, you know, but how could this change my life? Like, you know, what are the possibilities? Could I have more autonomy? Could my health improve my happiness? Because we're always like our brain by default will always think of the negatives because it's trying to protect us. Mm -hmm. So we have to make a conscious effort to actually think and challenge ourselves to find the positives. Mm -hmm. So it takes a lot of work and like, I suppose, a lot of self-awareness and a bit of a journey to figure that out but it's definitely something that with a bit of help and talking about if you're if you're just being stuck in your head and sitting there mm. you'll never do it but i always think as well try dipping your toes like say if it's a you're trying you want to make a new career change mm-hmm. i think a good thing to do is try and shadow someone mm. or there's linkedin or you know instagram people have their their professional profiles there you know, send them a message and ask them what does their day look like, mm. you know, if you're interested in a different career. Because I know, I, I think, um, I'm not sure if I t- told you about this before, but I, I remember I was thinking about teaching, like, after college. Okay, yeah. I had an interest in it. I was saying to my sister, May, I think I want to become a teacher. Okay. But I could never make up my mind or yeah. take the plunge to, yeah. like, uh, like, apply for the course. And my sister said to me, why don't you just message your old, our old science teacher and ask, can you go back to the school and shadow her for yeah. the day? I said, oh, oh, that's a bit awkward. Or yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, does that not feel a bit kind of like... scary. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then I thought to myself, well, I know the school. They know me mm. because my brothers and everyone mm. was there. And I did it and I didn't... It felt uncomfortable. Uh, it did messaging them. Yeah, oh, the asking, yeah, the asking, the asking process. Asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I went back to the school for the day and I sat at the back of my science, all science classroom where mm. I used to actually sit at the front. So I sat at the back this time. <laughs> I, used to, I used to love biology. But like... 
like seeing uh, like I was a student then and now I was actually really focusing on the teacher and her yeah. what she was doing and I was wrecked by the end of the day just looking I was like oh my god actually standing up all day long yeah. and I just don't know if I would be able to control the not control the class but kids are smart now mm. and then like they've come up with all these kind of you know things to throw yeah mm, and mm. I was like oh I wouldn't want to be doing that all day mm. and it I think by going there made me realize and helped me make my decision actually mm. so uh, but then I thought oh yeah sure it was great but that's I was remembering myself as a student and enjoying mm. the class but as a teacher it's a totally different so a totally different side to it and I thought to myself okay but then I I asked myself what did I learn from that and I learned that I do want to help and be an influence to people I like people and teaching yeah. and learning but that's why when I found coaching, I was like, oh, this is like this. You kind of prefer the more one-on-one. One-on-one, because yeah. I did do chemistry grinds for a summer. And I really, really enjoyed that because I think when I was doing those grinds, she really wanted to learn. Yeah. But then when you're in a school and you're in front of all these students, yeah. when you're that age, you know, you're not really interested like in learning or you don't know what yeah. you want. So it's just about getting through the class probably. Or, yeah. you know, they they don't know what they want. Yeah. Whereas I think if someone needs help I get great enjoyment out of being that person to help yeah so that's what I learned so I always say try something and you'll learn something from it I had never thought of that to be honest because that's a really helpful piece of advice because especially if somebody wanted to be I suppose like in your case mm. do teaching or something like that yeah yeah it ruled it out for me it was a, and it was like freeing of my mind in a way yeah. I was like oh well that's scratched off I can actually sit in peace and you were kind of fine then with that with kind of realising that it wasn't for you and you know it, no, at mo- I was kind of disappointed actually yeah. I was kind of like oh because I always thought I might be a teacher because I loved yeah. school I yeah. loved college but at least now you're kind of not carrying that with you going well, what if I did the teaching and maybe I would like it and yeah. at least you know for definite that because people would bring it up at work. Teaching is something that's commonly thought, uh, talked yeah. about. Oh, maybe I should have been a teacher. Yeah. And I can sit there and say, no. Like, But before I used to be like, that itch used to be there. Yeah. So like, I think sometimes people are afraid to go try something because they think it's a commitment. Yeah. But I'm t- and the way I put it now is like, you don't really owe anyone anything. You can go mm-hmm. ask and try. And I felt bad telling them, you know, oh, I, you know, I'm not going to do it. Like, oh, okay. But okay. I'll say, you, you just have to say, Thanks for showing me, you know, yeah. I, I learned a lot from that experience. I think it actually just wouldn't be for me. I w- yeah. don't know if I'd be a great fit. They don't mind. Yeah, yeah. They, like, I think sometimes people are sitting there in their heads and they're afraid to take action. But yeah. action helps you make, you know, decisions. It'll, exactly. It closes those And things. these are all decisions that we all make Sit. or have to make as well, do you know? Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I think regret would be worse. I could be still sitting here wondering, should I be a teacher? Yeah. And now I know that's crossed off the list. I don't have that desire anymore yeah I mean September kind of traditionally is that month of either you know going back to college or things like that or if you're finished college you'd be kind of looking for jobs in September and stuff so I mean if anybody again I'm coming to you with asking you for advice you're our agony aunt for today Um, if anybody was thinking about making a career change you know and they really really felt as though that they wanted to change what would be any some advice you'd have for them so is that for going back to college, like completely, yeah. like and making a whole new career change? Yeah. And, you know, again, it depends on the individual and where they're at. Because there could be so many kind of factors at play. There could be like, like you said, the financial factor and there's yeah. the whole, well, well, look, if I'm in a, in a mature student, for example, well, I look silly going back in front of mm. like, you know, younger people or things like that. You know, everyone goes through all this own stuff in their heads. Like, yeah. So that's another thing. And I find I've had 
you know a lot of people have come to their late 20s mm. uh, my sister probably won't mind me saying it either at 27 she decided to go back to college mm. which was hard as well it meant leaving ireland she had to go to the uk mm. um which she didn't want to have to leave family and friends mm. um but you know there is a, yeah there's a lot of things to consider but i think Say, if this person, after working a couple of years and thinking about going back to college, are we saying, like, just to kind of get more... Well, yeah, yeah. go with that. Yeah, go with that. Yeah, cause so, you know, I think a lot of people, what happens is as well is, you know, you make a decision to go what course you want to do at 18, mm. maybe, 17, 18, and you go to college, and by the end of it, I find, I know a lot of people uh, question, you know, oh, I actually don't think mm. this was the right choice. Mm. But then there is a lot of pressure on them after spending four, three to four years maybe on a degree mm. that they feel the pressure that they have to go and try it out. Mm-hmm. But, but the, so a lot of people could end up, you know, in a job for years that they're not happy with and they're afraid then again to go back to college because as you, as you get later into your 20s, you feel like there's this blueprint you're supposed to be following that society mm-hmm. has kind mm-hmm. of conditioned mm-hmm. us to mm-hmm. think that by the, end of thir- by the time you're 30, you should have a house, kids be married all these kind mm-hmm. of things and that's what comes up a lot for a lot of people they're coming to their late 20s and they know that they're not in the right career they have they feel like they like to go study something else but and it may not even that they're not happy in their job but they maybe don't feel fulfilled yeah you know they, they feel as though there's no real challenge or there's no real kind of you know i suppose desire as well maybe you know yeah and you know i suppose i suppose because we're talking generally you know what there's a couple of steps that someone could maybe think yeah. about and I think the first thing would be to do is write down your values because our values are things that we make decisions based on and ask yourself, you know, you know, what are the values of this company and do they align with mine? So, for example, just say for me, um, for example, if my values, which are family, health mm. and fitness, um, if I was at work and I was constantly being pressured to work late, mm. that means less time with my family, mm-hmm. uh, probably less time for doing my workouts or Mm -hmm. you know uh, putting time into my fitness you're going to be in in conflict internally that's going to make you feel unhappy Mm -hmm. so sometimes you have to ask yourself like can I put boundaries in place in order to make me you know able to pursue my or or keep up my other values that mean a lot to me and then there's another thing you have to kind of question as well like who am I hiring around at work what is the general attitude you know are people in always pointing out the negatives at work and challenge yourself to see, well, is there some positives to this work? Mm. And maybe separate yourself from those negative comments or try not like, to take them in mm-hmm. and see if that improves your, you know, how you view work because, you know, the quality of your thoughts is the quality of your life and the quality of the thoughts at work are bad. Mm-hmm. You're going to see work as a bad place. And then I suppose you have to think about your skills, you know, write down your skills and ask yourself, you know, which ones do you like using the most? Which, what are the days that... What, it, what does a good working day look like? And it might be when you're working with a team or working mm. alone and ask yourself, how do I infuse more of that into my day? Mm-hmm. Like, because often there's people sitting at their desk and feeling unfulfilled and um, maybe they're thinking about a promotion that, you know, that they want, but they're afraid to ask for it. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it is, I think in order to do well in your career, sometimes you have to actually be honest about what you want and ask mm-hmm. for things because you're a superior or your supervisor unless you say to them they're not going to know what you want mm-hmm. so unless you don't say it then you know you're not going to get it they mm-hmm. can't read your mind so it's important to kind of assess all those things and if you can't find them in your current place you know start networking mm-hmm. like you know um, start looking at other jobs that like if you spend five minutes a day and like look at the skills that you want to be using on a daily basis and see what job could fit that 
and then look at maybe shadowing getting in contact with someone mm. like someone might write back to you but is that the end of the world or they might say no but I always believe in you know assessing your environment as well mm -hmm. like maybe you don't like being in the office and maybe your life could change if you could be working from home mm -hmm. so there's a lot of factors that can come into play when it comes to being fulfilled um, so you have to evaluate kind of all of those things I think and that's something that you can help somebody with yeah. on a one-to-one -one basis yeah, yeah like kind of I'm looking at what their language is like around work yeah. and uh, you know like you know ask them to kind of tune into their environment the people they're hanging around because that affects your happiness and how you view yeah. work you know you could have totally different if you're you become the five people you, s you surround yourself with yeah so if they're always waiting for Friday to come and complaining every day yeah you're going to end up being that person too or it's yeah. a long like week if they're talking about a Friday on a Monday isn't it yeah. <laughs> it's not what you, you could be <laughs> yeah. going in with a great attitude yeah. for work and then if everyone's like oh I want this day to be over I can't yeah. wait for Friday yeah. you're instantly your mood is going to start going down now of course that happens in every day now, time to time oh I can't wait for this day to be over it could be a really stressful day or whatever that happens from that time, happens to, time, from time to time, to time. Yeah. if it's every day you know that will play have mm. an impact on your mind because again like every thought we have has an effect on our brain and our, and our mm. physiology like you know you and we forget that I think I forget that we forget that all the time yeah something as powerful as a thought yeah. can have an effect on your day yeah. and that's why I think as well um it's something that I find I practice a lot is like when I get maybe if I'm at my desk before I start in my notes on my my phone I like to write what I'm grateful for yeah because it's it's like programming your brain like I thoughts are they're chemical messengers yeah. and those actually have an influence on our physiology you know you can always walk through an office and actually see who's ha kind of not having a good day or not yeah or who's interested in the work like if someone's really interested in what they're doing they're sitting upright and they're typing and yeah. they're really concentrating and then you'll always see some people sitting back and slouched yeah. on their chair and they're kind of there with the mouse yeah. kind of you know uh, hovering it over and back and you can tell that they're not really feeling engaged yeah but the quality of your thoughts affects those things you know and yeah. like telling your brain things like writing down the good thoughts can actually have a good impact on how you your perspective and how you see things yeah we've got to move on to yeah. your new skill set that you have and that is that of nutrition oh yeah so congratulations on that thank you very much um and i suppose nutrition obviously it's very important and it can be important through a lot of things as well in including to do with your mental health but we'll kind of stick to what we've been talking about so far and kind of i mean can you give us some of the kind of basics about nutrition and you know that kind of thing yeah like for, so for me what i what i've been focusing on helping with at the moment is weight loss yeah. and along with that as well i suppose i like to take a holistic approach when someone comes to me because you know when someone comes to me and they're generally unhappy and they just want to increase their well-being i don't just look at the one area of their life look, try to look at all areas of your life and I studied nutrition over the summer because it's something that I have always had a big interest mm. in and studying science when nutrition came up it was always something I said God I want to know more about that and during the pandemic I hired a nutrition coach myself okay um I wanted just to like uh lose a bit more weight and I felt like I always had a good knowledge of nutrition but when it came to learning about what like fat, fat loss meant, I my mo my main focus, which I think a lot of people have, is to keep exercising mm. and like wing, wing the diet, and hopefully I can exercise my way out of. I won't say my diet was bad, mm -hmm. but 
when I hired the coach, what I learned was like, you need to be in a calorie deficit to actually lose weight. That's just a fact, like if you're not doing that. So instead of exercising every day, I started, well, sorry, going to the gym every day. I reduced that and brought my coach uh, made me a program just to go three days. And then I started tuning in and putting more effort into my food mm-hmm. and log my food and understand calories. And that was all great. I actually lost the weight. But after a while then, I found myself old habits started coming mm. back. And there were certain times I was kind of feeling guilty. I was like, oh, I'm having this craving or like, you know, I might eat something. I'm like, why did I do that? I don't want that. So I, I started looking into habits and behavior around nutrition and like the internal dialogue that we have. Mm. And I started using that approach in the coaching and kind of because some people are finding that they want the quick fix. Mm. So they'll be in a calorie deficit for a while. They might hire a coach and they'll have the the accountability with the coach and everything will motivate them Mm -hmm. to lose it. But then after a time, old habits start coming back. Mm. So I started like thinking about like, how can we get long lasting results? And you know what? So what I try to teach in my coaching is what a habit is, Mm -hmm. you know, and how we can make new habits to make sure that we actually have, you know, because that's what drives us every day. Or like if you're if you haven't dealt with the habits the old habits you had you know they're going to uh, they're going to show up again mm-hmm. and we can't unless we're aware of them we're not going to be able to make new ones yeah and that's what like long lasting results means is creating and focusing and building awareness around you know those yeah how to make new ones so that's what i'm working on at the moment but like in terms of nutrition you know um I always like to think of, you know, give the guideline of everyone to have a diet where it's 80-20, like so 80%, you know, nutrient-dense, high-fiber, wholemeal foods. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and then 20% if you actually have a bit of chocolate here and there mm. or a takeaway, that that's okay. Because I think people have the attitude that you have, it's all or nothing, like that they yeah. have this idea that to... And you're probably yeah. doing more damage if you deprive yourself of the things that you actually want as well. And that's you know? why people yeah. fail. They think, oh, um, they're conditioned to think that, oh, having the body that you want or the lifestyle or the, you know, being fit is all about being in the gym yeah. every day and eating lettuce. But whereas actually a healthy way of a healthy diet yeah. is, you know, where you allow yourself a little bit of something you like, like a bit of chocolate. Like I eat chocolate every day. I wouldn't have done that before. I used to feel guilty. Yeah. Or I wouldn't have a takeaway ever really. And now actually most weekends I would have a takeaway. And like, you know, not feeling guilty and working on my internal like dialogue around food. Like instead of feeling guilty, that's not what my body needs because, you know, if you feel guilty, that's a negative thought Mm -hmm. and that's going to put stress on your body and that's not going to help your weight loss either. Mm Mm-hmm. So just being compassionate with yourself around that. Because so. that's it really, isn't it? Because when you think about going on a diet, like you have this kind of image of just being really, really tough on yourself and depriving yourself of all the things you actually really like and then having stuff that you may not be so keen on, thinking it's going to be this quick fix to, to losing weight. Yeah, and wouldn't it be great if we could all lose weight or not lose weight, sorry, whatever your goal is, but have been at the weight that you like yeah. and, you know, keep that. Yeah. And a lot of people think they focus on the, the exercise most the people yeah. think they can exercise their way out of a bad diet yeah but learning that like if you follow the 80 20 kind of rule mm-hmm. and also i suppose I, I follow again dr chatterjee and he wrote a book on like you know weight loss and maintaining a healthy body weight 
and he says, which I thought was great, is, is a great guideline, which is to eat food based on how it makes you feel, not mm. on how it tastes. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a good way because, mm. so I try to encourage um, my clients to, or the people I'm coaching, to keep a diary of how they feel. You know, like I try to ask them, you know, when they're eating something, are they being mindful? Like, were they talking to someone or on their phone while they're eating? Because that can actually have an effect as well. You know, just being present with your food and, you know. Oh, as opposed to just kind of like mindlessly eating and not even thinking about just doing things mindlessly without even. That can affect because you've eaten something and you think, oh, that went very fast. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So practicing these kind of things and how you think about food and changing your relationship can like dramatically improve your whole life like uh, when it comes to and you can still have the foods you like as well in that that's the thing like i think like it's a slower way to do things the way Mm. uh, it's slower approach and i think that's the problem we we can get so much by the click of a finger at the moment Mm. like you know if you want to take away you can go on Mm. an app and have it but you know a lot of people it'll come january now and everyone Mm. will be saying right new year new me and everyone will be in the gym all of january but yes, by the end of it, yeah, it's at least half of those, if not more, will have dropped out or whatever. Yeah. But what about those people who go all year long? What, yeah. what have they yeah. got? It's the habits they've worked on. Yeah. But it's also as well, I think, learning to enjoy the process. So like for me, when I go to the gym, it's not just about the aesthetics of mm. it or like looking the way I want to look. It's also about the energy I feel mm. and the how it improves my mood, my energy levels, and also bringing more meaning to it like you know so finding mm. those things because if you can find the little wins each day because otherwise you're because if you're trying to you know achieve a certain look mm-hmm. you, you know you go to the gym in a week and you might not see the change and you're like oh i give up whereas if you can find the little things that you're feeling or the good things about going to the gym then you're going to you're going to last longer mm. we see all these fad diets yeah. don't we every every so often a new one comes along mm. but i think ultimately you know you yourself is the answer to any issues you might have. You're that's not going exactly to get a, you're get a fix from like a, a diet. That's so true. Um, um, you just said it. That's exactly the truth. And that's, thank you. Yeah, you've just <laughs> you've hit the nail on the head there. Like, because that's what I'm trying to do is like get people to keep a food diary yeah. and say, you know, if you've eaten a food in a couple of hours later, ask yourself like, oh, I do I, st-, you know, if you start feeling hungry, think about, okay, well, maybe I need to adjust that meal in mm. order for me to last longer. Mm. You know, like, I think we try to follow other people. So there's mm. people out there saying, I followed this diet and I was successful, but that's them. Um, and your body's completely different. Mm. Your lifestyle's different. Your habits are different. So you need to kind of, it's like a learning process, asking yourself, you know, um, why was I hungry then? Was that stress? Did I sleep? That, mm. Did I sleep well last night? Because sleep quality has a, a huge influence on what we eat because if you're tired, your hunger hormone increases. Mm-hmm. And so you're, and like hunger is such a... And you're more inclined then to eat things that are just really convenient and probably not very good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing about it is I was reading a book there on processed foods by Dr. Chatterjee Mm. again. And the thing about these foods is he calls them blissy foods. Mm. And they're designed in a way that are to make us, uh, to make it irresistible to Mm. stop. So a lot of us feel guilty and shame when we eat something like that. But actually, it's not our fault. I think people need to realize that we're up against smart people mm. who know how to play with mm. our like desires and mm-hmm. what we want. So I think people need to realize that, that, oh, like you often hear people say, oh, I, I never keep the weight off. I'm too weak. Mm. But the thing about it is 
we th- that is hard to resist those foods and they design them so we can't stop um and the more we give into it the more our brain learns because mm. we release dopamine when we when we eat these foods yeah it's the learning molecule for like for our brains and it tells us oh this is good yeah so we need to keep eating this but what i always say is if you understand the habit around it because usually it's a, a trigger that triggers us to eat something yeah so it could be a certain place uh, that you think oh i love the, 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 this restaurant in this town i'm going to eat there and your brain tells you oh this is good you want to go there and eat that or it could be a certain person that you're used to eating certain foods with mm. all of these things can have an influence on our behaviors so i think it's good to understand those of like oh i ate that food because i was with that person mm. and i was at that food because you know i was in that town and i love that restaurant so v- building that awareness then you're like oh wait actually this is what's happening like mm. this is a trigger for me so try to change it from there yeah yeah and like we said like if you want to go with jessica about any of this stuff that you can do so be it like from life coaching and also mm. the nutrition's also built into it's built into it i yeah. try to simplify it because you know like depending like obviously if you have like something like um a medical issue or anything mm. like that obviously you probably should go to like a dietitian or if you have mm. something like that but i suppose i my coaching's based around like you know for helping people lose weight mm. but um and i can give you the basics and I can also help you just with all the behaviors and habits around it just to give you long lasting results. But my you're co- basically giving people the education to kind of yeah. inform themselves and then they can make up their own decisions as to what they want to do. But like you said as well, that no one knows your body better than you. Yeah. So yeah. it's helping them. I'm empowering them to actually pay attention and tune into why they're eating. And, like and that's what coaching's all about, isn't it? Be it like from mm. the life coaching now through to this as well. Yeah, that's what it is. I suppose that's why I thought nutrition is useful as well because everything you consume from social media to mm. the people you listen to, to the books you read, the food you eat, all has an influence on like your mental health. It all contributes to it. Mm. So I think you know if you eat well, you're obviously going to feel better, mm-hmm. and you're obviously going to have more energy, and it's the, all these factor into your well-being so Mm -hmm. that's why i think it's important Mm -hmm. we are coming to the end of today's program i can't believe the time has gone so fast but um jessica it's been a pleasure talking to you again and hopefully you'll come back on the show again in the future we'll have another chat oh i'd love to come back again so thanks for having me paul thank you before you go um how can someone get in touch with you because i know you also have a brand new shiny website which you're going to tell us all about yeah so um i was mainly working from instagram so you can get me there on J. Kelly Professional Coaching. Um, but then also I have a new website, which is jkellyprofessionalcoaching.com. Um, and also, actually, I've set up a U- YouTube channel recently. Oh, whoa, brilliant. So yeah. a few kind of new platforms that I'm on at the moment. Great. But, um, so there's a few options for people to get in contact with me. Great. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. And that's it for today's episode of Mind Ahead. Thank you so much for listening along. Once again, big thanks to the show sponsor, Dignity Funeral Care. DignityFuneralCare.ie for more information on that. I'll be back with you again soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Mind the Head with Paul Flaherty, a weekly show that focuses on mental health and well-being. Sundays on Lockray Community Radio, brought to you by Dignity Funeral Care, funeral directors caring for your peace of mind.